Ag State of Mind, episode 92. Welcome to Ag State of Mind, a podcast that examines the stresses affecting producers of agriculture and how to alleviate these stresses and improve farmers' lives. In this podcast, we discuss openly the mental health crisis that is occurring in the agricultural community and what we can do to help turn it around. Now here's your host, Jason Meadows. Hello and welcome back to this episode of the Ag State of Mind podcast, a proud member of the Global Ag Network. I am your host, Jason Meadows. Michelle Bufkin-Horton works for the Arkansas Cattlemen's Association, and she's also involved in her husband's family's cow-calf operation. Michelle and I have been friends for some time now, but she recently reached out to me and wanted to record a podcast on the importance of hobbies. We both felt like producers, especially in the cattle industry, will say that their cattle are their hobbies, but we both wanted to push back and challenge on that and say that there needs to be something outside of the industry that you can immerse yourself in so that it can totally take your mind away from it. And we each talk about our own hobbies and how we aren't necessarily quote unquote good at them, but how they are so good for our mental health and they we enjoy them and it just takes us to a different place. And, you know, I used to be one of those people who said my hobby was my cattle, was my farm. Um, but once I had start, it started immersing myself in other things, I found that how important that it was. And I'm so glad Michelle reached out to me on this because it is something that is super important. And I'm, I think it's something that so many producers need to pay attention to. Um, I really, really had a good time talking about this with Michelle. Again, her reaching out to me means the world. So if you know anyone or if you want to be on the podcast and have something that is something that you want to discuss, uh, please feel free to hit me up on any of my social media channels on DM um, and we'll uh, we'll make it happen. So uh, check out Michelle on her Instagram at Ag and Adventure. Uh, really looking forward to you guys listening to this podcast. All right, Michelle Bufkin Horton, welcome to the Ag State of Mind podcast. How are you this evening? I'm doing great, Jason. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I've been really excited. I've been thinking about this one for a while now because well, we'll get into what we're going to talk about, but the things that we're going to talk about are like dear to my heart. And I think it's things that people within ag and uh, not just within ag, but in the general population just really need to know. And we'll get started with that. But tell everybody who you are and what you do. And um, we'll dive in after that. Yeah. So um, as Jason said, my name is Michelle. I am an ag communicator by trade. So I have two degrees in ag communications, one from Auburn War Eagle and one from Texas Tech Guns Up. So I went through that. I went to school being pretty much like a lot of other people in the ag industry, wanted to be a veterinarian, realized very quickly that was not the case um, after chemistry. That was not my, my favorite subject. So I switched over to ag communications and really couldn't have found a better field. So I've been in that field now for five years, six years almost, which seems like a really long time now that I say that out loud. Um, but my day-to-day -day job, I work for a state cattlemen's association, work for the Arkansas Cattlemen's. 
I get to share ranchers and farmers stories in Arkansas with everyone across the state and the nation and to, to advocate for farmers and ranchers every single day, whether that be through education, whether that be through legislation down at the Capitol or whatever it might be. So it's a really, really unique opportunity that I enjoy doing on the day to day. I get to travel a lot with work, go and see farms, ranches, which is wonderful because I am a farm girl, a rural girl at least at heart. And so it's been really good to be able to get back out and see farms, ranches, and see kind of a little bit about how people do and work their operations here in Arkansas. So I'm not native to Arkansas, actually originally from Alabama, moved here three years ago and have loved it ever since. Ended up marrying in Arkansan, uh, married into a very large cattle operation in Northwest Arkansas. And so not only do I get to see that for work every day now, but I also get to see it a little bit uh, on my in-laws side. But that's like the 30,000 foot view uh, of me and what I get to do every day. Northwest Arkansas, that's some of the like prettiest country I've ever seen. It's it's incredible. So we go not to not to dive too much off into the weeds here, but we go to a bull sale down in Ozark mm -hmm. and Ozark, Arkansas. And we we took the scenic route down through the Ozark Highlands. And gosh, I can't say for sure the names of the towns we went through, but it was a very just kind of windy hairpin turn road but it was so beautiful like the I, I can't what mountains are is that the Ozark Mountains I mean mm -hmm. what do we call that down there yep. it is just so beautiful down through there and I mean I just I remember going through there and um, it was like early April and just everything was really starting to green up it was just mm -hmm. a beautiful beautiful drive and um, it's not far from me and honestly the landscape is just not a whole lot different from here at home um, we're probably about four or five hours north east of where you're at and it's just beautiful down there so I, I could see the allure of the place down there it is yeah people are always say oh you you moved to Arkansas I'm like yeah it's great <laughs> and so they don't they don't quite understand but it really is one of the most beautiful states um, that I've lived in and so I'm really grateful for that opportunity and that part of Arkansas is really like exploding with growth and, <laughs> am I right and saying, you know, the Bentonville, Fayetteville mm -hmm. area. I mean, it's a really, from what I have some friends who live around to that area, and I know that it's just really booming. It, it really is. Yeah. My husband and his family, they grew, he, he grew up there. His family still lives there in that Bentonville area. And we'll go back and he's like, yeah, like back in my day, which I mean, he's 32. It's <laughs> so like not that old, but he's like, oh, um, like that wasn't there. And that was so-and-so's land. And now it's a whatever this wasn't here he's like this is all so different oh, i've only known it like this but he can tell <laughs> like he'll tell stories about how drastically different it is and uh, just a fun fact that a lot of people don't know one of the reasons for that is because of walmart so walmart is right. actually headquartered in northwest arkansas and then they also ask that all of their vendors have a headquarters within X number of miles of Northwest Arkansas as well. So you've got a lot of big businesses up there. And so it definitely, it's a, it's a booming metropolis up in Northwest Arkansas. Right. Right. It's, it's fun to go visit. I, I appreciate living a little bit further South of it though. Right. Of course. Yeah, no, <laughs> I know. I get that. <laughs> So what what kind of sparked this is you actually reached out to me, which, by the way, thank you. My 
one of my favorite things that can happen is when someone reaches out to me and wants to have something to talk about on the podcast. That's, I've said that before. It's one of my favorite things that people do for me. And you want to talk about the importance of having hobbies aside from, from farming or ranching. And I think so many people are guilty of this, not having the hobbies and considering the ranching their hobby or whatever. And I've found out that it needs to go deeper than that. It's that's almost like a, I, I, in my eyes, it's almost like a cop out. You need to go a little bit deeper with that. Yeah. So this kind of started for me like six, I guess, what month are we in now? Yeah, June. So six months ago, I, six or seven months ago, I read a book that sounds fun by Annie F. Downs. And all she talks about in the whole book was hobbies. I was like, Oh, wait, do I, do I have hobbies? I'm like, okay, well, like working doesn't count as a hobby. And I do a lot of that. And like, this doesn't count. Okay. Maybe I don't have hobbies. I was like, maybe I need to look into right. this. And so it really kind of made me question and made me think of what's out there for people to do and the importance of it. And like you said, it really does take going deeper and it fits into any segment, whether it's agriculture, whether it's motherhood, whether it's whatever during college, like whatever time of your life you're in and whatever sector of life you're in, it's easy to say, Oh, well, X, Y, Z is my hab is my hobby. Like I'm a mom. So like watch, watching my kids is my hobby or I'm a farmer. So being on the farm, being with the cows, working, fixing, fixing fence, whatever's my hobby. Or I'm in college. So going to class, studying, reading, whatever is my hobby. Like, no, it's not healthy. It is not good. And so that was kind of what kicked it off was just reading that book and me having kind of a realization moment of saying, Oh, I don't have hobbies. I need to do something about that. And so, um, yeah. And I just jumped right in and started trying to find things that were fun to me that I didn't necessarily get paid for that. I wasn't good at that. They just, they got me for me, at least it can be different for everyone, but for me, it got me out of the house and it got me, going and doing something and trying something new. And it's been life-changing. Yeah. I mean, so right now, I think people, you know, we're coming out of the pandemic and I think people recognize when life slowed down, right? Life slowed down last year for so many people and they realize that things may need to change in their life. Like maybe this slowing down maybe made us do some introspective thinking and um, find out what's really important to us and find out what we were really missing. And yeah, uh, being able to find the things that actually really bring us joy and aren't so much of a stress, you know, because people do that. And I, and I was, I was one for that and that I would say, and it does. And I, and I enjoy, I enjoy having cattle. I enjoy ranching. I enjoy everything about it, but it's not a hobby for me. It's not really a hobby because there are some very important decisions that need to be made at certain times. There is, you know, a certain amount of money that needs to be made to pay off some stuff, you know. I mean, so when that kind of stuff comes into the into play, I don't think it's a hobby anymore. I mean, it's it's a business. Um, so I, I recognize that, and I found out that yeah, I I definitely need to have some hobbies, and I think people will 
need to realize that the things that are bringing them income or whatever that those, those aren't really hobbies and they just need to have something that is completely pressure and stress free that they can just go enjoy and not have to worry about anything. Yeah, no, I agree a thousand percent. I used to think like, oh, writing is a hobby for me. And then I ended up having freelance work with a couple of different organizations and now they pay me to write. And I'm like, oh, writing isn't as fun as it used to. I mean, I still enjoy it. But it's no, yeah. it's not a hobby. It doesn't fulfill that because it is bringing me income. And that was one of the things that Annie talked about in the book that I read that was, it's so easy in this world to go from, oh, you're good at that to you should sell that and make money or you should turn that into a business or a side prof, side hustle, whatever, so much and so quickly that we forget to do things for fun. Like we forget that we're supposed to go out and enjoy life and just have fun and just not stress about everything all the time. And I mean, I'm not perfect by any means. I'll still definitely go out and stress and, and do all this. But once I spend time doing something that fits into my hobby category, I am usually exponentially more productive after that in, in my work life. You said something there and I, you know, I want to move on also, but you said something, I want to back up for a second and you said something about writing and like once you started to make money with it or it started to be some sort of income, it no longer became fun. Isn't that like really like, and I feel like that is a line that a lot of people cross. Um, it's like the Rubicon where you cross that and there's no going back. And I find that I find that that might be a really useful tool for somebody because you're right. People want to say like, enjoy what you do. And, you know, if you do something for fun, maybe you should make a business out of that. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't. Absolutely. And I think you should enjoy work. But you have to realize that once you start making money off of it, it does become work. You know, so I mean, I think people need to be really, really careful with things um, as far as life decisions are concerned, because it, it takes sometimes the enjoyment out of it and puts yeah. more pressure. No, and exactly. It. It's not that you can't do it anymore when it becomes work. It's that you need to find another outlet for a hobby. You need to find another hobby. You need to find something else that brings you joy because that is now work. And you can still enjoy it and still do it, but it is going to qualify as work and it's going to not bring you as much happiness. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a little bit of from our perspective, from Carrie and I's perspective. You know, we have a yoga studio. Um, I talk about it often, talked about it everywhere often, and I love it and she loves it. But Definitely, you know, yoga was something, and she still does do yoga in her own time for kind of that release. But when she started teaching it, I think it did change it for her a little bit. And it's a good change. I mean, I'm not, she's not upset she did it. We're not upset she did it, but it definitely changes things a little bit. And um, you have to be more mindful and more intentional with how you work things a little bit. And, you know, I just, uh, I found that, I found that really, and I haven't really thought of that until right now when you and I were talking that yeah, it's probably changed a little bit yep. for her. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with it. You just got to it just pivots. You just change things a little bit. Yeah, sure. So talk to me about your hobbies, what you have found are the things that get you away. Yeah. So like I said, it used to be writing, photography, but then I kind of realized that that was work. I was getting, I got a couple contract freelance gigs, which I was really excited about. And I still enjoy writing for them. If y'all listen to this, don't take that wrong. I do really enjoy it. But the things that 
bring me joy without also simultaneously bringing me stress are where I find my hobbies. I do live in the natural state, so I'm very blessed in the fact that most of my hobbies are outdoors. Although here lately, and I hate to complain about it because no one else is getting it, but if it could quit raining, I could do some more of my oh hobbies. Oh my gosh. Um, but, I'm with you. We're close <laughs> enough to have the same weather. You know what I mean? Oh, it's supposed to rain for a week a, straight. So Us too. Us too. <laughs> um, because that's the sad thing for me is most of my hobbies are outdoors. So I really, really enjoy, I've always enjoyed hiking, kayaking, uh, anything that's going to get me outside in nature and just be able to kind of enjoy that, but just breathe a little bit more not think about my to-do list. Here in the last year, I have actually picked up disc golf with my husband. I didn't really have mm -hmm. a choice for it, but we decided we needed a hobby together and we needed to get out of the house because COVID. And so, cause we got married during COVID and uh, we're like, Hey, you know, oh, we've crap. been inside this house like every second since we've been married. Like, can we not do that? So we, <laughs> yeah. We picked up disc golf and it was, it's been wonderful. Uh, I am not good by any means, but I definitely enjoy it. Those of you who don't know, it's like golf, but with Frisbees. And so it's like a mixture of golf and ultimate Frisbee. It's a, it's a good time. Uh, so I do a lot of that. We, like I said earlier, we do hiking, we go kayaking. Another one that I've picked up on and off here recently, and I've been getting more serious about is working out. I used to think, oh, working out's not a hobby. But it definitely is. Um, it is something that I've enjoyed, but it's not. I, I know more power to you. You're a runner. I'm not a runner. I really enjoy lifting weights. And so like that's what I mm -hmm. what I do. And that's one of my hobbies is trying to find new ways to to work out because you, you can't tell, but I'm I'm five two. I'm a very small human. And so finding <laughs> new ways to challenge myself and make myself stronger has really been really been a blast. And so all of my hobbies kind of lend in lean in towards that. And then the other one uh, I've picked up here in the last two years has been reading. And so I used to read all the time when I was growing up, loved it. I was that little kid with the AR book that was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to read all of these, take the test, get the points, have the pizza party. And then I went to college, I went to grad school, and reading became very unfun. I was reading for school mm -hmm. every single day, lots of not super fun reading. And so I got burned out on it. And then Last year, I picked it back up. I read 50 books in 2020. Wow. And then this year, I'm aiming for 70 books. And that includes audiobooks. Like, I am not full of myself. Like, I can't read that much that quickly. I listen to a lot of audiobooks while I drive. And so, get some of that in there. But yeah, so I mean, that's me. I like, I like the outdoor side of things. The hiking, the kayaking, disc golf, and, and reading, plus working out. Because that's what I'm probably going to have to do this week. Because it's going to be raining all day. So, work out in the yeah. garage gym. So you said something there that I think really like kind of encapsulates what hobbies are. And you talked, it was when you were talking about disc golf and you said, I'm not good at it, but who cares, right? Like who cares if you're good at it or not? And people need that in their life. There is so much competition and there's so much striving to be better and improve ourselves. And that's great. You know, I mean, obviously we should all try to improve ourselves, but we do need something in where there's no like stress of being great at it. And that's awesome. Like, I feel like we need a little, not a lot of that, but a little bit of that in our lives. And, you know, for me, you, you mentioned, and that's running. And I mean, I can't say that I'm 
good at it. You know what I mean? I mean, there's people that run a lot faster than me, but what's cool about it is I can just challenge myself, you know, but not get too down on myself about it too. You know what I mean? So it's a, it's really great to have things like that in your life because uh, so much of life is like results driven and competition driven. And we just need to take a little bit of that stress off of some things in our lives. Totally. And I know your, your appreciation of the Enneagram as an Enneagram three, that is very hard for me. I am very much achievement mm. focused and Same. I, That's yep, me. yep. I will always strive to compete. Um, and for a long time I was comparing myself to my husband who, if you remember, I'm five, two, he's six, two and much larger than I am. Oh, wow. So like he can definitely throw the disc a lot farther than I can just by sheer size. <laughs> and so I was comparing myself to him for a long time. And then finally I realized I was like, I don't have to like one. I'm one. I'm probably never going to beat him. It's fine. And two, like, that's not what I'm out here for. I'm out here to enjoy myself. And so that was one thing that really clicked with me when I read um, that book that kind of clicked off everything of hobbies. It was talking about being an amateur. And that's exactly what you were just talking about, Jason. It's a, um, a, a person who engages in a study sport or other activity for pleasure rather than financial or professional reasons. And uh, one thing that really stuck with me was like, we, we put this negative connotation on the word amateur. We always assume that somebody's mm-hmm. screwed up, somebody's messed up, somebody's whatever. When we hear that word, um, we don't ever consider that maybe they're just doing something for fun. Like I'm an amateur at disc golf for sure, like not good at it. Um, so somewhere along the way, we decided we had to be professionals. We decided we had to be really, really good um, at these things. And especially as an Enneagram three, like I hate doing things that I'm not good at, especially the first time and in front of people. And my husband cannot fathom that. Um, Like we'll go play disc golf with his family or his brother. And I'm like, no, I don't want to play. Like I'll just watch. Ryan's like, no, go play. I was like, yeah, but I'm not good. And it finally, it took me so long of stepping out of my comfort zone to be like, it doesn't matter. Like one, they're not going to judge me. Like they're my family now. They don't have a choice. And they're stuck with me. And uh, two, like, they're not going to care. It's okay to be bad at something. It's okay to try something new and do something for the first time. But so much of our world tells us not to. They, so much of our, yeah. and our, especially because like in Enneagram 3, we're like, oh, no, like, we've got to, we have to be really good at this. Like, or, or at least appear that we're really good at this. We want people to think we're really good at it. And so that's been a struggle right. as I, cause I mean, that's my thing is like, you're supposed to find a hobby that chat, like for me, I want to find one that challenges me, makes me do new things, makes me try new things. I struggle, you know, I'm an, you know, I'm an Enneagram three, two, like we said, and not being good at something is like almost not an option mm-hmm. for me or it's been it seemed that way like I don't you're not supposed to do things you're not good at you know what I mean and you're supposed to try to be the best at everything and that's great in a lot of things but it puts so much unnecessary pressure on yourselves and we'll go I, I'll, I'll just keep using running because that's the one that I, I I'm like most involved in and I, I, I like I like running because I'm I'm always trying to improve myself, but I'm I'm never going to run a four minute mile. You know what I mean? Or and you go back to your husband talking about disc golf and how you're never going to beat him, and that might bother you. 
I'm never going to beat my wife at running. I'm I'm never going to run as fast as she is as for a long distance. Just uh, you know, she's five foot six, weighs 130 pounds. I'm six foot and weigh 245 pounds. I mean, it's just not you know, it's just not going to happen. But it's but it's still fun that we can do it together and we can we can uh, we can challenge ourselves together, even though like we're probably on different levels. It's really enjoy. And another thing I've picked up is is yoga you want to talk about something i'm not good at like i'm not i'm just not good at i've lifted weights my whole life without much stretching i'm a bulky guy you want to talk about becoming humbled go to a yoga class with since i was next to a mom she was a mom of one of my she was like a mom to me she was a mom to one of my friends when i was growing up you know so she's you know, 25, 30 years older than me. And she can do these moves so much easier than I can. And I'm like, you know, so I mean, but it's okay. It's okay not to be good at things and still enjoy them. For sure. And that reminds, that brings me back to when I was in high school, I guess some of my brother's friends came out to the farm and they were not farm people. And uh, dad was showing them how to shoot a bow. And they were, I mean, they're big bulky guys. And they're like, oh, we got this. Like they're so I played sports, everything. And dad would like show them how to pull back and how to do it. And they would try and like, we can't, why can't we do this? And they couldn't believe it just because they're using different muscles than they've ever used. Like it takes mm-hmm. a completely different mindset and a different muscle group to do that. And I think that's what hobbies are. Like that's what they're supposed to be is they're supposed to stretch different muscles that you don't get to use every day. Or they're supposed to change your mindset from a little bit um, of what, what you're thinking every day. And so I love that. Like I'm, I'm never going to be Ryan at disc golf, but that's not why we're there. We don't compete for that anymore. Uh, I finally gave up on that, but we do track to see (laughs) where we were last time we played and where we are now. And so like, I'm blessed in the fact that he's my biggest cheerleader. He's like, Oh, you had X number fewer fives on this, on this course this week. I was like, great like I was still how many points above what it should have been and he's like, oh it doesn't matter he's like you're getting better like you're getting there and so we've just started looking at it comparative to ourselves so each one of us and then looking at it exactly. week to week. and so it's been a lot better that way and for someone like us who has that competitive brain who always wants to be best who always wants to be better you have to you do have to you you can still compete in hobbies but it's it's important to find hobbies where you compete with yourself or you just try to get better you know uh, in, but in a no pressure situation, I'm always, you know, always trying to be, and I always do. I always try to see, um, you know, I map courses uh, when I run and always trying to find, trying to be on a upward trend of times, you know, based on where I was. And that's what's most important because it's, it, it, it can be sometimes really disheartening when you, uh, there are, I use a app called Strava, Strava. Don't know how you pronounce it for sure, but it compares your route to other people who have run that same route. And I'm always like towards the bottom because Strava is an app that is used by like, like serious runners, people who are, you know, probably competitive. And I'm always at the bottom on this thing, but it's really cool to see where I, where I am at different times of year and different, different peaks and valleys of my fitness. Uh, it's really, it's a really cool thing to be able to compare myself. And I think that's really helpful in, you know, trying to, 
still still feed that competitive part of my brain. Yeah, like we do the same thing. We have an app called UDisk and we track, you can search courses anywhere near you and you track each hole all throughout the course and then you can go back and look and see what you had in the past and for the longest time i was getting discouraged and i wasn't tracking and i wasn't even looking i was like i'm not even gonna go and ryan's like no let's go and so we went one time and he tracked and he looked at he's like hey look at what it was three months ago or whatever and i pulled it up i was like oh wait i did six strokes better or whatever i mean it's not a big change but it was it was a big push for me and that was kind of when it clicked that I wasn't here to beat him. I was here to just one, have fun and to get out and enjoy myself, maybe compete with myself a little bit. And so that's what brought me back to it. And so if others are Enneagram three or in that competitive mindset, whether you're you're three or not, uh, finding something that you can compete with yourself is a lot more fun Mm -hmm. and it gets me back out there. And so especially with, with lifting weights, it's the same thing. I like to track Uh, my weight progress throughout a workout program and then see, okay, well, I lifted five pounds heavier or 10 pounds heavier in this one at the end of it than I did at the beginning. And if I was trying to compare that to someone that lifted a lot more weight than I would do, uh, it'd be easy to get discouraged, but looking at myself, it's a lot easier to say, Oh no, like I did make progress. And so that's that's what it what's kind of clicked for me is finding things where I can track myself because it also gets us out. A lot of times we say like to say we're too busy, we're too we have too many other things going on. A lot of people are we we are very busy, sure. but mm-hmm. having that competitive side of it, it's like oh wait no I gotta go see if I can beat that. Like I gotta go see. So that kind of pushes me to get back out there and do my hobby, whatever it might be again. What weight what what weightlifting program do you use, or do you just kind of do go from one to the other? So I go around a a lot. <laughs> I used what was it? Bod. I don't know. There was an app on iPhone. Yeah. I paid for it. It was wonderful. And I can't. It's like a gray app with a red outline of a person. Yeah, I remember the and, one. Uh, I've seen it. it Yeah, it was wonderful. And when I had a gym or went to the gym, it worked out perfectly and um, told you exactly what exercises you need to do, how to do it, all of that. And then COVID happened Mm -hmm. and didn't go to the gym. And so then I ended up with a Garmin. And so my Garmin has workouts built in. And so it tells me exactly what I can do, what if for what I'm looking for. And then on top of it, I also follow um, a couple of different workout programs online that have the set week one, week two, mm-hmm. week three options. So I can't make things up myself. I am not good at it, Yeah, but I, I can follow a program with the best of them. I've always found whenever I can do a program, especially with lifting weights, uh, I, I it's so much better than when I just say, when I go in without a plan. You know, I go in without a plan. I just, I feel like I just kind of half-ass it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, um, but you know, when you have like, you need to do this, this. My favorite has been, uh, my favorite's been the five by five programs. They're very simple. You, you focus on you focus on core lifts, bench, squat, deadlift, overhead press, and 
bent over rows and you know you it's really the main focus is on squat you squat it three times a week and then you alternate days on the other and you add just a little bit of weight each time that's been a, that's been one of the best ones for me i've really found it because it's simple but it also really focuses on like those uh complex dynamic lifts that are really important to the body and you know it gives me a good workout too it it, it does it it's it's simple but it's effective yeah yeah now i'm gonna have to look look into that because i need something new i haven't been working out lately i've also been on the road almost every day the past month so it's been harder so but now i'm back dropping my excuses gonna get back to working out because i know i'm gonna need it yeah yeah i mean it is it's hard sometimes it's hard to get into the out in and out of the funks like that i know for us it's been you know we've been so busy this this uh, it's not even summertime yet but it's it's sometimes it's really hard to keep yourself uh engaged with things especially when uh, the rest of your life is crazy but it but it is it's important to to try and keep up as much as possible with the things that take your mind off of the the more stressful things in life and that's what hobbies are and that's what that's why they were important because they make us better at the at the at the other things in our life in my opinion oh yeah for sure like like i said i've been on the road a lot this past month and so obviously didn't have as much time didn't make as much time i mean i worked every single saturday in may and so it was incredibly hard to get out because I mean, you work eight to five every day and then got other, other things to do throughout the week. So Saturdays were our days to go play disc golf, to go kayaking, to do whatever. And with working, it wasn't available. I was just wasn't able to do it as much. And I could definitely tell that I was mm-hmm. feeling it in my work, in my at my personal life and everything. Ryan and I were to the point where we're like, all right, we got to go do something like we are not getting along and it's all because of the fact that we're not outside and doing fun things and spending quality time together so that's the thing is for us it's nice to be able to do it at the same time with each other because we don't see each other that often but as soon as we like we went I guess what would that been Friday and so went a couple days ago and went played and played disc golf for the first time in a month was I good no it'd been a month (laughs) and so I could definitely tell but even just coming back from that, we were both in a much better mood. I was more productive working on things yet, uh, Saturday for some of my freelance things. And so it just made it where I was like, oh, I am not as miserable as I was. And so it really is. It just makes your life a little bit better in the long run. And it, it prepares you mentally. I mean, it's like the old saying, like, you can't pour from an empty cup. And so... It's just refilling your cup, whether that be for your personal life or for your professional life, either way. Yeah. And you bring it full circle there because there you mentioned in the beginning, like some people say, well, I don't have time for that. I don't have time for hobbies. I'm too busy for that. I have too much going on. You might, you, you might think that's true, but how much your life, and you said it just now, how much your life has improved, how much more productive you are with work because you went and took that time to do those hobbies, do those things. You know, Carrie and I, we like to travel together and being able to do that, like we, I've always said, I didn't have time before. I've, oh, I don't have time for that. We're too busy for that. But 
our lives are so much more productive when we can do the things that bring us joy just for a little bit of time. It doesn't have to be a big thing. It doesn't have to be a lot. But if we can just get away, do something that we enjoy for a little bit of time, it just, it, it feels like you say, it fills up your cup and then makes you so much more productive and better to the people around you. Yeah. Yeah. To me, I always tell people hobbies are essential. Like you say, you don't have time, you don't, you don't have this, but you, you make time to go to work. You make time to spend time with your family, to do X, Y, and Z. And so you just have to make time to do these things, whatever it might be. And it doesn't have to be our hobbies. I'm definitely an oddball. Like it doesn't have to be the weird conglomeration of things that I like to do. But if it's travel, if it's reading, if it's, if writing is a hobby for you, like you have to make the time for it because if not, you're going to feel it everywhere else. And so that's been one of the things that's been really hard for me is making the time and setting those boundaries of saying, okay, no, I'm going to take, an hour mm-hmm. or two hours or whatever, uh, whatever time span of my day to go and do this and to, to relax. Even sometimes for me, it's going for a walk. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to take uh, 45 minutes and just go for a walk and just get outside and reset and re prepare for what I have on my to-do list. This is really good stuff, Michelle. I, this has been, a, I've had a lot of fun, you know, talking about these things because it's important and People may not think that it's important, but like I think it's pretty evident in the time you and I have been talking that for both of us, and you know, I think there's several people who can relate to your, to to how busy the both of us are, um, that we both do take the time for that, and that it improves our lives. And I think I think that point was really well established here today and I appreciate you reaching out to me and you know you as as passionate as you are about this and then me being able to bring my passion and us come together here really is really an important conversation today and I I, I thank you for initiating oh, of course I uh, I really appreciate it I, I I love the work that you do uh, I feel that not many people are as comfortable talking about mental health and self-care and hobbies and whatever it might be in agriculture. And so it's definitely a necessary conversation. And to me, like hobbies, like I said earlier, hobbies are essential. Mm -hmm. They are self-care to me. It can be different for other people, but to me, it's, it's what rebalances my life. And so I found out how much happier I can be and how much more productive I can be when I have them. And so I want to, I just like sharing that with people. Yeah. And that's important. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's absolutely an important thing. And, but we, I feel like a lot of times it gets left unspoken and unsaid, but it's really important to come out and just say it. For sure. Yep. Yeah. And that's the thing is you just gotta, you have to find something one that's fun to Mm -hmm. you and then go and do it. And like, like we've talked about, it's okay to be bad at it. It's okay. Yeah, absolutely. It's not perfect. It's okay. If it's not what you think it should be, as long as it's fun. And as long as you're getting able to relax and get that to-do list out of your mind, get the farm out of your mind, get work out of your mind for even a little bit of time. It can really pay off in dividends. Yeah, absolutely. Well, cool. Well, tell everybody where they can find you online if they want to reach out to you. Yeah. So I have, you can follow my personal Instagram. It's 
T. Michelle Buffkin. I never changed it uh, after getting married, so it's still there. Uh, or you can follow along um, on Facebook or Instagram for Ag and Adventure, at Ag and spelled out Adventure. Um, that's where I share, obviously, my two passions, agriculture and adventure, being outside, talking about hobbies, talking about whatever it might be, addressing misconceptions in agriculture. And so it's just my way of, of reaching out and opening up that conversation with those in agriculture and those outside of it. And so um, if you're curious to see uh, how wonderful I am, aka not wonderful <laughs> at disc golf, you can follow along there and uh, see sometimes where I actually do well. And then some videos are like, oh, okay, you're going to share that. I'm like, yeah, I am. I'm honest. So you can see me fail. It's fine. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I appreciate the conversation and I appreciate you uh, taking the time today. Not a problem. I appreciate it, Jason. Thanks for listening to Ag State of Mind. We hope this episode has encouraged you. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Ag State of Mind. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify so you never miss an episode. See you next week.